is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. This is Pastor Rob Chambers of Reedtown Community Church in Newport, Tennessee. It is our earnest hope and prayer that something will be said or done through word or song that will be a blessing to your heart. Genesis 6, 6. God repented that he made man. 2 Samuel 15 and 11. God repented, he made Saul king. Judges 2 and 18, the Lord repented. And then Exodus chapter 32, verses 9 and 10. The Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. As those verses were going through my mind, there was a thought popped up. I'm glad I'm not God. I'm glad I am not God. Think about it for just a few minutes this morning. The greatest creation that you ever speak into existence, your crowning achievement, your finest accomplishment, the one that you created expressly so you could love and that it could love you in return. The creation that you yourself made from the dust of the ground in your own image, took your own breath and breathed life into it and gave it a soul. An image that you made, a creation that you made just a little lower than the angels. And then you turned and you gave it dominion over every other thing that you'd created. You gave it dominion over the air and the land and the sea and the animals that are in it. You put it in a place of paradise where there was no need, no want, no suffering. Everything was completely and totally perfect. It wanted for nothing. But what did that creation turn around and do? That creation turns around and knowingly Willfully, purposefully, stubbornly, and for its own selfish reasons, rebels against you. Turns its back. Says, I don't want to have anything else to do with you. Paul in Romans 1.1 says that it begins to worship the creation itself more than the Creator. In just a little side here for just one second, let me tell you one thing. It always has been and it always will be Father God. There is no Mother Earth. Mother Earth does not exist. The Earth is something that God created and provided for us to enjoy, to have the dominion over, to use, to prosper on. A place for us to exist while we love and serve Him. But see, this creation that God made 
decided it wants to love the creation itself more than the one that created it. And John in 3.19 sums it completely up, what the creation had in its mind. It loves darkness more than it loves light. And this creation has got to the point that it completely and totally denies the existence of the Creator. We came from slime, from mud. It was just an offhand series of freak accidents and mutations that caused us to be here. And over time, we evolved around through monkeys until you what you see today. That's what the creation wants to teach and believe. Either that or there's some wild kook fringe way on the radical left that says we came from aliens. Aliens came down and put life on the earth. Stop for a minute and think how humiliating and insulting that is to a sovereign God. That the creation God made would rather believe that they're an accident than believe that they're made in God's own image. Which would you rather believe? That you're an accident, a freak of nature, just something that can never happen again? Or that there was a loving creator that loved you and spoke you and brought you into existence? Amen. I'd rather pick the creator. I would much rather pick that than believe it was all just some happenstance. That I'm the basis of, and I come from mud. Descended through monkeys. Imagine that your God and your creation does that to you. How would you feel? How would you feel? And believe me, God has emotions. You better believe God has emotions. Where do you think ours came from? They came from God. After repeatedly, repeatedly delivering your creation from calamity after calamity, problem after problem of the creation's own making, You finally send your only begotten son. Go fix it for them. Make a settling and binding peace with them. Your son steps down and actually takes on the mantle and the outward appearance of the creation. Lowers himself to that level. But he's treated no better than any other messengers that you've sent to them. In fact, he was treated worse. He was abused, assaulted, mocked, ridiculed, and executed among thieves and common criminals. All this after you've repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly tried to restore love between you and the creation. We have no idea how that makes God feel. We have no point of reference. We have nothing in our human existence that would even enable us to begin to understand 
the pain, the grief, the anguish, the anger that God must experience. Well, wait a minute, preacher. I wasn't there. I, I wasn't present. I haven't done those things. I'm not responsible for crucifying Jesus. That was the Romans. That was the Jews. I, I, I had nothing to do with that. Wrong, 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 wrong. Isaiah 53 says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Every sin that you ever commit in your life is a hammer blow on the nails in the hands of Christ. We crucified Jesus. He died for our sins. It was us who hung Him on the cross. And child of God, I'll tell you something else. According to Hebrews 6 and 6, every time you sin, as a child of God, after you've been saved, you crucify Him afresh. You put Him back on the cross. Imagine, imagine what God feels. We worry about what we feel, what we think, what we want. My, 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 my. The more I thought about how glad I am that I'm not God, <laughs> there was another little something in the back of my mind. How much the world better be glad I'm not God. How much the world should rejoice in the fact that this individual, this human, isn't God. I try to live by the Word of God. I try to give mercy the way the Word of God says mercy. But see, I'm human. And after somebody wrongs me, twice, it gets hard for me to have any truck with that individual. It gets hard for me to trust that person. I'm not saying I don't love them, but I'm saying I put up a shield, I put up a hedge, I build a wall. Was it fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me? After I've been hurt a couple times by somebody's sister Sharon, I just kind of push myself away from that individual. I try not to have anything else to do with them. And if they let me down on more than two occasions, I know I don't trust them anymore, Sister Ann. They've proved themselves. They're not trustworthy. I'm not going to rely on them for something important. <laughs> not God. Aren't you glad God's not like that? Aren't you glad God doesn't pour out mercy upon you based on the level of mercy that you show someone else? How many times have we wronged God? How many times have we sinned? And I'm talking every time. Little white lie, that's sin. The failure to do what you're supposed to do, that's sin. Sin isn't just doing something you shouldn't do. Sin is anything that goes against the Word of God. Now think of the number of times in your life you had a strike mark put against your name. 
We could cover this whole wall right there with one individual. How many times did God extend mercy to you, to me, to the world? And is still right now extending mercy. Oh, I'm glad it's not me that sits on the throne. I'd have turned it off a long time ago. Because we do not deserve it. None of us. None of us. Turn to Psalms 103. Look at verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious. <laughs> Slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins. Lift your hands and give him glory this morning. Lift your hands and praise his holy name. He hasn't dealt with us according to our sins. Preacher, how do you know that? Because we're not engulfed in fire right now, burning in the pit of hell. Nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it and is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that one fear him and his righteousness unto children's children, to such as to keep his commandment. And to those that three, remember His commandments that do them. From everlasting to everlasting to those who fear, keep, and remember. God help us. God help us. Now I want you to look at the flip side of the coin. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. For those that do not keep, that do not fear, and do not remember. Romans chapter 1 verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. That is the creature that desires to worship the creature more than the creator. The creation that decides it likes darkness better than light. The creature, the created being that says, no, I just sprung up out of nothingness. Just one day all of a sudden there was a big bang and boom and then a vent started to fall and it began to tumble and it began to cartwheel and then all of a sudden here I am. To do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, 
boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Listen to this verse. Who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Have pleasure in them that do them. We read all those things in the previous verses and we don't take verse 32 for what it is. What verse 32 says, and all those that allow those to commit fornication and idolatry and don't stand up and say that it's wrong, it's a sin, you're agreeing with them and you're counted with them. You're accounted with one of their number because you don't stand apart from it. And that's right smack dab where the modern day church in 2010 finds itself. I'm not backfighters. I'm not a malefactor. I don't hate God. I don't do those things. No, but we don't stand against it. And God said if you don't stand against it, then you stand with it. I'm glad I'm not God. Mm, I'm glad I'm not God. Or does that leave us? That leaves us where we've always been. Sister Carol, come to the piano. Sister Tanya, come with a song. What recourse do we have? What option do we have? Where, what are we going to go? Where are we going to go? What are we going to do? <laughs> We're going to throw ourselves upon the mercy. Oh, of the sovereign God of all that ever has been and ever will be we're going to cast ourselves upon the mercies of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ we're going to trust in the mercy and grace that's contained in God's plan of salvation mercy that we are excused from that which we deserve We all deserve hell. Every man, woman, boy, and girl. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Since the time of Adam when he sinned in the Garden of Eden. Was Adam's bite of the apple the first sin? No. God said you can't eat of it. What else did God say? God said you can't even touch it. From the moment that Adam sinned. We've been under the curse of death. And it's only God's mercy that lifts that from us. But he didn't stop there. He didn't stop there. That little thing called grace. I'll lift you up to the station you do not deserve. That you can never merit, never warrant. And I'll make you priests. I'll make you join heirs with my son Jesus Christ. But what we've got to do is cast everything else aside. All cares, all worries, family, friends. 
I've got responsibilities. I've got duty. I've got obligation. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 tells you what your duty and obligation is as a living human being is to worship and praise and honor and glorify the Lord God Almighty. And that's it. That's it. We were created by God for God. Period. All these other things we've added. We've begged Him for us. Let us have this. Let us do that. Let us do this. Give us this God. We're going to stand. We hope that you've enjoyed our podcast presentation. If you would like more information about the church or any additional podcast, please join us on the web at www.reedtowncommunitychurchpodcast.blogspot.com. That's spelled R-E-I-D-T-O-W-N, communitychurchpodcast.blogspot.com. Thank you and God bless.